Welcome back to Snowman Podcast. This is your host, Gordon Van. Today's episode, episode 46. Uh, and we're continuing with our, uh, our series of talking with race directors, PR reps for the various uh, snowmobile racing organizations. Uh, and uh, they're, they're all starting up. Uh, they are, they're all within, they've all had an event or just about to start their, uh, their series of events uh, this year. And uh, it's looking pretty good so far. Today's episode, we're talking with Phil Whipple, and he is the media rep for the East Coast Snowcross Association. And uh, Phil's been at it for a number of years, uh, so he uh, he knows the sport really well. He knows the racers really well, uh, and uh, it was great talking with Phil. Remember, you can uh, download all these episodes on SoundCloud and um, also on iTunes. Just search Snowmobiling Podcast on both those platforms and all the episodes are there. Uh, I think you'll enjoy a lot of them. There's a lot of legends on there, a lot of uh, current legends and uh, and uh, also uh, the past from the uh, 60s and 70s, 80s, 90s. Some great, uh, great uh, listens. So remember, we are on all the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Snowmobiling Podcast. If you need to contact me, you can contact me at snowmobilingpodcast at gmail.com. Hope you enjoy this one. It's Phil Whipple from the East Coast Snowcross Association. Nice to speak with you today. Yeah, it's nice talking to you. Um, so how's, how's things looking? I mean, you guys, you guys, uh, you got your first race coming up uh, next weekend uh, in, in Bangor, Maine. Um, how's things looking out there? They're looking real good, Gord. Thank you. We're finally getting a better, much better taste of winter this time around in uh, northern New England as opposed to what we received last year. And so there's a significant amount of snow cover throughout probably two-thirds of here in the state of Maine where I reside. And a uh, pretty significant storm, I think, coming in for Monday night and Tuesday as well, which is right in advance, as you say, of our race weekend. We're pretty psyched to head to historic Bass Park on the 28th and 29th. That's fantastic. Now, uh, have you had uh, races uh, previously there? Yes, this will be our third year to return to the Queen City of Bangor, and uh, boy, they're just such gracious hosts up there. And because of the old days, Lord, of the old Paul Bunyan classics way back, which were also incidentally held at Bass Park, there's quite a rich culture of snowmobile racing followers up there anyway, in, in that part of eastern and northern Maine. And so when we rekindled that deal and brought modern-day snowcross back to Bangor, it really was very well received. And so again, the Eastern Maine Community College Foundation, our host group up there, and all the area merchants from the from the Hollywood Casino to all the folks that are surrounding that Queen City area have just rolled out the red carpet for us. And so, yes, third year for us to go back there, and I think it's going to be another big weekend of racing. Now, is uh, the Bangor uh, location is that uh, is that a uh, natural terrain or is it a ski resort? Uh, what kind of venue is it? Bass Park, my friend, is an old, old horse racing facility. So think of Canterbury Park, only much more ancient and a little more <laughs> quaint, more typical northern, northern New England, if you will. Not the big modern enclosed grandstand, but a nice grandstand nonetheless. And uh, in a large and ample area, flat area, naturally in, in the infield of the track where our track is built and uh, a very good spectator viewing. Really, you've heard it about old stock car tracks and certain ones with high, particularly high bank tracks. Not a bad seat in the house. That's kind of the way, that's kind of the type of venue Bass Park is really, it's, a, it's good viewing for our fans. Boy. Oh, great. That sounds great. Uh, sounds like a great venue for the, for the first event. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, the rich history of, uh, of Bangor and, uh, and, the, and Paul Bunyan, uh, <laughs> uh, great uh, tr- uh, history there. Now, East Coast Snowcross uh, Association, uh, the history behind that, um, what, what, uh, how, how many years have you, uh, as uh, the East Coast Snowcross Association, been uh, in business? 
This, I think, is going to be the seventh or eighth year under the ECS banner or brand, if you will, Gord. You might have been following sanctioned snowcross here in New England long enough to know that, of course, RMR was the original, Rock Maple was the original sanctioning body for snowcross here. It was founded by Don and Nancy Fink in the winter of 91 and 92. Uh, the Finks and another partner ran it for 11 consecutive winners and then made it a sale to uh, the Minnesota brothers out of southern New Hampshire. They operated it for about seven or eight winners. Then it was sold again uh, to Bob Roscoe and Eric Scott, some dynamic businessmen, from one from Long Island, one from Connecticut. Uh, they took it over, and at that time, I believe for the 2009 or 10 or 10 and 11 season, Gord, they made the brand change to uh, let go of the old RMR logo and start anew with this East Coast Snowcross brand, which kind of just immediately tells you who we are, where we are, and what we do, right? It was a great name. And so, yeah, to get back to your question, now with under the ECS banner or brand, if you will, we're about into year seven or eight and, and, and finally successfully getting ECS to roll off the tongues like we used to with the old brand. Yeah, great. Um, now you are a ISR uh, affiliate, um, but uh, you, you uh, the big news, I guess, uh, uh, a race that uh, um, I, I was hoping to come to myself is uh, you got an ISOC national uh, uh, in in New York. Uh, that that's got to be a, a, a big deal for you guys. It's a huge deal, buddy, for us to to partner up or, or to be able to have, be guests, I should say, of ISOC at Salamanca out there at the ISOC national. That's for February 3rd through the 5th this year. That's just a great show to be a part of. As you know, since ever since ISOC landed out there at that facility, I think it's like in, in the parking lot or some adjacent property that the casino folks own out there. It's just when, yeah, Seneca Allegheny Casino didn't come to mind immediately. That has been so well received, that event, since it landed there. In other words, 10 to, what, 15,000 people a day there or something come to those shows. So the exposure for us as our Eastern Regional Affiliate to be able to run in companion with ISOC there at that thing is certainly uh, has become a showcase event for our series. We can have all the great standalone events that we want, uh, you know, running in Bangor to get exposure up here in Maine, in uh, Bennington, Vermont, and to get exposure in Western Mass and the Southern Vermont market up in Plattsburgh so that we expose ourselves to the race fans that are in the greater Champlain Valley, the Burlington and Plattsburgh area, and other great venues down in Connecticut that we're psyched to go there this winter. But really, you'll never beat between uh, the live stream, between CBS Sports Network with ISOC, and, of course, just being there in front of those huge crowds, Gord. Yes, it is a showcase event for ECS, for sure. Yeah, for sure. It gives it gives your, your racers an opportunity to really showcase themselves uh, before a huge audience, and uh, and ho- hopefully that uh, brings attention to them uh, you know, th- throughout the rest of the season. Uh, um, a, a case in point, look at your boy uh, Lincoln Lemieux there. He's uh, he's killing it in the uh, in the ISOC series right now, and uh, he's he's a graduate from you guys. He is a graduate. I remember Corin Todd is a graduate as well. And you've got the Patno brothers quickly coming into the spotlight on the national tour as well, Gordon. Those boys are Vermonters from my native state of Vermont as well, so I'm not going to miss a chance to talk about Leo and Hunter Patno. And Montana Jess from Westminster, Mass., last year's pro-life champion on the national tour. That's right. All these athletes that we're talking about got their teeth here in New England, most of them way back when it was RMR. A lot of them in Montana, all those kids were running 120s way back in the Minnesota days when Chuck Minnesota was running the old circuit. And, and you know, they, they, these kids, it wasn't just a phase with them, obviously. It was a sport they were truly committed to and decided to really pursue and now look at where they are. And so, yeah, I'd be lying, Gord, if I didn't tell you how proud all of us associated with Snowcross 
here in New England are of those athletes right now as they're up in the, on the national spotlight and on the big stage and enjoying that kind of success. Lincoln particularly has just really matured and excelled a great deal in the last couple of winters. Right now he's, he's riding just a notch below Hibbert and Martin and all those athletes. And so he's riding amongst the very best. And uh, his recent win, that, that debut win, was just super for the family and for the entire Shering Speedsports team. And all of us in, at a St. Johnsbury, well, we were really proud going. So, yeah, we've been very fortunate to develop a lot of talent that has run, risen up through the ranks of Snowcross, and we hope to continue to do that in the future. Yeah, I had an opportunity to, uh, to uh, see Lincoln uh, uh, and, and the other guys uh, that all showed up to, uh, to uh, Duluth. And I'm telling you, Lincoln was not uh, riding uh, below anybody else uh, out, out in Duluth. There, he uh, he took that win there, and uh, it, it, that was spectacular. And he and he opened it up. Uh, only uh, I guess only Tim Tremblay only had him in sight there, and that was a, that was a fantastic win for him, and uh, and his and his team out there. And uh, you you boys must have been pretty happy to see uh, your homeboy out there uh, take take that win out there. <laughs> Oh, we really were good. We were very pleased. I was fortunate enough to grow up with Lincoln's parents. He's from my hometown up in the Northeast Kingdom of Vermont. And so naturally I have a little greater pride whenever Lincoln hits the podium or does well. I have a little greater pride and maybe get just a touch emotional when uh, he does well because I grew up with his folks, went to school with his folks and know the Lemire family so very well. And yeah, that's a big deal. As I say, we've been fortunate to develop and cultivate a lot of talent here in New England, was it, whether it was under the old brand or whether it's with ECS in the modern era in the last uh, little less than a decade. And we hope to continue to do that now. In fact, you know, i, I got to give a mention, Gord, if I could, about something we're doing for this winter, uh, just preseason, for the first time maybe ever. Have we, We've built and developed a nice practice facility so that to support those riders who are trying to shake down their sleds and get ready to go for Bangor. Uh, this past weekend, we had very successful days, Friday and Saturday, in Bangor, Vermont, at the famed Willow Park. Uh, with an open practice session, and a lot of folks used to taking advantage of that to get their sleds shaked down and get, get shake their cobwebs off, if you will, athletically, physically, getting ready back into getting those muscles back in shape, getting ready to throw a sled around, especially those athletes that weren't fortunate enough to get out to Duluth or Canterbury or anything. And so this is going to be their first big deal, go around this winter at Bangor. And so, yeah, they, we're trying to help them out and help them get ready. And, and it's good for us, too, to go through the motions again and get ready to roll as we prepare for our opener. So just wanted to throw that out that oh, it's sure. nice to have a nice practice practice facility for the boys. And I'm sure uh, I'd like to get your take, if I could, Gord, as I profile our series. We're quite excited this year to have uh, Moto Tracks involved as title sponsor of our uh, second-year snow bike class. And we had a lot of people uh, express interest here preseason this year get into that deal. I finally got a chance to eyeball one of a bike, a nice Husqvarna bike, Last weekend at an auto racing show with a, with a Motortracks kit on it. And, Lord, those things are long and gnarly and wild looking. What do you think of, of snow bike racing now? You've got a taste of seeing it up close at Duluth. Can you understand why we're psyched about the future of it here in New England, Gord? Oh, absolutely, uh, uh, Phil. Um, I, I've had the opportunity to, uh, to see this, uh, this sport grow. Uh, through my uh, my duties with uh, Snowgore Canada magazine, and uh, so I, I I've had a taste of the snow bikes myself, and I've had an opportunity to uh, to try them, and it's all it's all true, uh, Phil. Uh, that that sport I think is going to grow. Um, you know I, I'm a big fan of Supercross, uh, motocross, and uh, I tell you the the, uh, the the snow bikes are not that far off. Once these guys get get the handling down right, and these and these manufacturers like Moto Tracks uh, dial in their uh, their bikes and and their and their track kits uh, even better. 
you're going to see some huge, exciting racing uh, on, on the tracks. Um, I did see them at, at Duluth, and um, it, it was it was interesting. They were a little bit slower on the on the snowcross track, but I think also the promoters are also going to see what the snow bikes require too, uh, in in uh, in in building a a snow bike uh, uh, course. They, they require n- not as rough of a course. Uh, maybe a little bit more, uh, more like a supercross uh, type course, uh, like like you, like you see on TV. Um, they're they're going to require the, those type of ra- those type of courses, so that you know these guys can air them out a little bit. They can open up the corners, um, and you know lean these things over, and um, and yeah, the the, the, the racing is going to be tight. You're going to see some block passing. You're going to be some. You know, maybe maybe some uh, some stuffing uh, in in the in the berms. It's it's going to be exciting for sure. That's neat. I uh, I'm open minded enough. I'm not a motocross enthusiast particularly, Gord, but yet I live within five miles of a motocross track here in Central Maine, and I'm open minded enough to know when I drive that drive by that place, whether it's a Maine motocross series points event or an NESC, a New England championship event up there, and I see the entire massive field adjacent to that place, freighted with campers and tents and all this. I know, in other words, I, I'm aware of the health of the motocross industry here in New England, and it's just a natural transition. You're right. Once this thing, once the word gets out enough, once these manufacturers of conversion kits do enough of these things and it becomes so the handling's predictable and suited to what these motocross enthusiasts want, you're right, the numbers, the potential for numbers here. Is unlimited, I think, because of the amount of motocross teams that are around these various regions, particularly here in northern New England. And so that's why I think down the road it has tremendous potential. It, it won't happen overnight. It's not happening overnight on the national scale. But, boy, you better agree that Harris Heisinga, that tall, slender athlete, the way he muscles his bike around, and, of course, snowcross veteran Cody Thompson, I've seen tremendous gains in what just those two guys have made in a couple of show, a few weekends that they've raced those things. And so the com- competition level is increasing on them. And I think that should, it'll trickle down here just like it does with racing. It's where it spreads mechanics talk about what you do and how to make it work. And that's going to trickle down here in New England. And so maybe not this year, but maybe the second half of this winter and certainly next winter, we'll have tons of bikes and good side-by-side racing and launching over the jumps. You're right. I think the groomer offered the groomer build the track builders slash groomer operators will have to evolve slightly now that they're going to incorporate this class into this national and regional series, these series. In, in, in tra- during track construction, I hadn't really thought about that, Gore, but that's a good deal. As you build in your weekend snowcross track, you just don't you eliminate those super tight corners, and you build it with a little snow bike racing in mind. And so if they do that, and these, these riders and mechanics get acclimated and dialed in with these things, you're right, buddy, it, uh, it, it has some great potential. Hey, can I tell you about another thing that has us all stoked here in New England this winter? Yeah, go for it. Well, I'd like to because, you know, I've been doing this game for a good long while, buddy. I had the privilege of announcing what what the initial RMR races in the winter of 91-92. So I've seen this sport come so very far. Finally now, little ECS is going to get a chance to be watched on every mobile device and whoever wants to tune in to us. Thanks to our new title sponsor at Connects to Share. You might have seen the headlines uh, late last fall when we signed with them. We're going to have live video streaming now at each and every one of our events. And so... You download that. It's a freebie little wonderful communications uh, slash social media app called Connects to Share and begin and follow us, follow East Coast Snowcross and get a little notification when ECS is hitting the track and, and turn up your phone or your tablet or even on the online uh, through their site and an URL on their site. You'll be able to watch ECS competitors and athletes 
uh, go, go at it on the bumps and jumps. You know, that's one of H.C. Strickland's goals, I think, with that app with Connects to Share is not only to build it as a communications app throughout the globe, Gord, I think, but it's to connect athletes with their fan base. And, boy, for us, this is going to be finally a way to kind of really reach more folks for our marketing partners, for our race teams, and for our athletes by having this live streaming. And so it's just, it's got old Phil here, as you can tell, pretty excited. And I think a lot of the young kids that are involved with this sport today are quite excited about it as well. Now, uncle or, or, or auntie or granny or cousin or Bob Fred or anybody that can't make it to the track or the weather's a little too cold for them, they can kick back and watch this stuff now and watch these kids hone their craft and do their thing. So it, it's a pretty neat deal, Gord. Yeah, well, uh, uh, Phil, uh, uh, I'm, I'm very familiar with the uh, Connects to Share people because, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm a motocross fan, and uh, they actually uh, streamed the uh, CMRC Nationals uh, motocross races uh, on their app uh, this uh, this year, and uh, you know that series goes right across Canada, and they were streaming, uh, the, the, you know, video streaming their uh, the Nationals uh, on this app. And uh, there was more than a couple times that I had to uh, go out into my uh, into my car that has Wi-Fi that had, because it uh, it it uh, requires some really good good Wi-Fi, and I had to uh, I, I would go out in my car and watch um, the uh, the motocross nationals because I'm a, I'm a, a big fan of the uh, the OTSFF uh, racing team uh, with the the Yamaha racing team. So I was I was watching uh, uh, the motocross nationals on this app. Um, on my tablet, uh, iPad, uh, and it, it, it's a good deal. I mean, yeah, you can you can uh, watch uh, these races globally now, and um, you know the family, the cousins, the uh, you know w- whatever uh, can can now watch uh, your uh, your local uh, riders from from anywhere. It's a good deal. Yeah, it's a neat deal. It's finally, it's I shouldn't say finally because these things take time to evolve, but it's it's now taking advantage of the technology that's out there and available and putting it to use uh, for the benefit of our partners, our series, and just exposure to all, everybody that's involved with ECS. And, again, we're quite excited about it. Uh, to have Connects to Share involved with us, I'm glad you're familiar with it and a fan of it. That's great to hear. Uh, we're excited about having them on board with us and with us today. And, and I'd be cra- this year, I should say, and I'd be crazy, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you how delighted I, we also are, all of us in ECS, to have the good folks at Woody's Traction back with us and FXR world-class apparel. You and I both know it takes partners and it takes supporters to keep this stuff all rolling forward on a year-to-year basis. And so I just want to give a shout-out to Bill Reimer and his good folks at FXR and, of course, you know, Tanya and all the folks at Woody's for their support, Mr. TD, and their support with our group because we couldn't operate without them. Yeah, it's, it's very important, Phil. So let's hear, let's hear your sponsors. Let's hear all of them. Uh, uh, and, then, and then we're going to get to the, uh, your, uh, your, other, your other races uh, throughout the year and uh, also the other classes that you're going to have uh, at your event. So uh, who are all your sponsors this year? Uh, give them a big shout-out. Well, I'm going to give uh, a few of our headliners for sure some good mention. One in particular, they've been with us year after year after year. That's John Holland and the good folks at New England Racing Fuel in Burlington, Connecticut. You know, the Sunoco specialists down there. They've peddled Sunoco race fuel all over New England to the motorsports world for many, many years in all avenues of motorsports. So a big shout-out again to New England Racing Fuel. And, you know, longtime supporters of the Silva Motorsports and Ingalls Performance, those folks have been with us uh, many, many years as well, and they're back again for 2017. We give them a big thanks because they, through corporate, uh, make it possible for us to have vehicles to use Trackside for staff use to getting around the properties and the sites with the fine, beautiful BRP skidoos and Can-Am, excuse me, quads, and we're super happy to have them. And I'd be remiss if I didn't give a shout-out to the Gaspardi family and all the folks at Southside Sales and Service 
down in North Adams, Mass. Team Southside, boy, they just, they feel, they're one of the biggest, the biggest Polaris dealers. You know, you know about Team Southside, Gordon. They got more riders than you can shake a stick at half the time when they roll into a place. Two or three trailers, parents, kids running around to get more riders. <laughs> they're known for bringing in foreign riders. Polaris hooks them up with bringing in all kinds of foreign riders and stuff, and they're just a great family, just like the Ingalls and the De Silva's have involved with us. And so I'll give a, a shout out to them as well. And we've been very blessed, you know, to have like EVS and, uh, and pre-knock groomers. And it's just, the list goes on and on. I would urge folks when they get a few moments, listeners to this wonderful valued podcast to visit us when they have a few minutes at eastcoaststonecross.com and take a little scroll through our sponsor list and they'll realize, quickly realize how very blessed we are with corporate partners. Yeah, for sure. They're, they're, they're very important. And yeah, I've seen the Ingalls, uh, trailers roll into, uh, the other events and, uh, um, yeah, they, they got they got they got some nice nice rigs. Those guys there, and, and their 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 sleds are always uh, in, in great shape. And uh, uh, fast riders too. They they usually have a good uh, contingent uh, contin- of uh, of riders, uh, you know, racing uh, on uh, in the various uh, organizations. Now, um, other other uh, other events uh, this year, uh, Phil. Uh, how about running down uh, all the other events? And uh, if there's if there's any other uh, uh, kind of uh, um, events that kind of tack on to those events, like any fe- festivals and stuff like that, uh, you, you know, feel free to mention them. I will. Um, I got to. I got to tell you about a place we're going back to this year. It's a new venue within that, just outside that city. But I got to mention it. Uh, late February, third weekend of February, go twenty fourth and twenty fifth to be specific. We'll roll into Plattsburgh, New York. You know, Snowcross has been so well received up on the other side of the Champlain Valley, the other side of Lake Champlain ever since its inception so we're quite excited to get back up uh, to the clinton county fairgrounds in plattsburgh and we're, we tried it last year but mother nature didn't cooperate we're very excited i'm particularly excited to see the response and reaction at the southington ski resort uh, in mid-march 18th and 19th after also been event our next uh, last event this winter at uh, southington connecticut you know that's a lot of folks are going to say southern connecticut how snowmobile racing going to be received down there like you'd be, you'd be surprised because you and I both know Gord as longtime snowmobilers and enthusiasts. There's a lot of folks in southern New England that have sleds and either have them kept or maintained up here in northern New England and come up and ride regularly, or they ride whenever there's snow conditions and stuff down there. So I think Western Mass, uh, Western Connecticut, even Central Connecticut is full of snowmobile enthusiasts. And, and I know there's race fans because there's a lot of racetracks down there, paved asphalt ovals down there. And so when you have snowmobile in a market area where you have snowmobile enthusiasts and race fans, that usually translates to a, a lot of curiosity level and a good turnout for a debut event. I've seen Snowcross debut with over a dozen different venues in my years, and so I think at Southington we're going to get a crowd, and I think there's going to be a lot of ooh and ah going on because they haven't been exposed to it before. So I, for one, am pretty stoked to, uh, to see us roll into Southington, Connecticut, to the, the Southington Ski Resort, and of course when we wrap it up at Peak and Peak out there in western New York, that's just a classy, wonderful venue, and and that's a great place to uh, say goodbye to another season, if you will. Yeah. So uh, classes, uh, classes this year, uh, Phil. Uh, the, the regular classes, the uh, the regular uh, uh, ISR classes, uh, pro classes, sport classes. Uh, uh, how about running down all the classes? The N one twenties, of course. Uh, I'm sure you have lots of one twenties there. We do, and, and boy, am I glad you threw that out because. For many years, there's been a focus on the 120 program here, starting with the great Chuck Minasali when he ran the old circuit before. He put a lot of time and effort into the 120 deal, and i got to say, today's owner of ECS, Kurt Gagney, his wife Stacy, Josh Little, all the good folks at, at ECS, they put a strong focus and effort on the 120 program as well. 
to the point where they've got Roy Filbert and his people, the Filbert Motorsports people involved, and, and they bring a whole fleet of them, and there's some that, you know, just curious parents can take and rent for the weekend or for a day and let the kids try it and go and do them. They'll bring the little mini tech vest and the whole package, the EBS vest, the whole package. And so we, uh, we, we do place a lot of emphasis on that 120 program. You and I both know it's the future of the sport because we talked a few minutes ago about how Montana Jackson, the Fat Nose Brothers, all them kids got started and now look where they are today. And so we do still focus on the 120 program heavily because we want this sport to be healthy a decade or maybe 15 years from now. So, yeah, it very much mimics what they do on the national circuit. My friend, it, uh, of course, headlined by the pro riders, the pro open athletes on the mod machines, and then pro light on the stockers, and then trickles down to sport, uh, sports super stock Saturday and Sunday. We do individual programs, much like they do with FX Star Sport 1 and 2 and an ISOC national event. And, uh, of course, trickles down through the junior classes and through women's with pro women's and novice. And uh, that is for 380 fan of small sleds uh, on down to the little programs, as we previously mentioned. So, yeah, the full gamut, the full spectrum for basically, as I tell people who ask about it for the first time, they say, well, what classes do you get? What do you guys do? We have classes for all ages and ability levels is the way I generally summarize it. And I hope you'll agree, Gord. Yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, Phil, let's um, let's uh, we can we can wrap it up. Let's let's hear about all the contact information. Uh, you mentioned the East Coast uh, Snowcross uh, website, um, social media pages. Uh, where can people also uh, interact uh, uh, with, on your sites? Certainly, yeah. I'll go over that URL once more quickly again. It's just like our name. That's www.eastcoastsnowcross.com. On Twitter, they can find us at East Coast. No X, E-A-S-T-S-O-N-E-C-O-S-T-S-N-O-X at East Coast Snowcross. And, of course, we have a Facebook page as well. Just go to Facebook and search East Coast Snowcross. We'll come up with our FB page, and we get an awful lot of traffic and attention on that. And I'd be remiss if I didn't say, please keep keep a close watch on our Facebook page, Lord, because that's where we, we usually get the latest and newest breaking developments out to our people and fans uh, as it develops. And, of course, on Twitter as well, since that's such an important part of social media. So, yeah, we urge listeners of this fine podcast to follow us along throughout the 2017 season on social media. And we'll be mighty pleased if they do. And uh, Twitter uh, Twitter uh, um, handle, what's, uh, what's, uh, what's your uh, Twitter name? At East Coast SnowX, my friend. Oh, okay. East, the word East, and S-N-O-X, at East Coast SnowX. And you'll find us on Twitter, my good man. Fantastic. Well, Phil, I wish you luck. What's uh, what's your duties out there? Are you uh, you announcing, or are you uh, just uh, there to uh, shake hands and just uh, give uh, give everybody all the uh, great information about the series? Well, I don't really have voice enough for announcing, but I uh, <laughs> I, I guess I would be the one to coordinate the interviews on the occasion, and it does happen quite a lot with uh, local media representatives coordinating interviews with those visiting media reps with various race teams that they'd like to speak with and teach them about the series. And, of course, as publicists, really, I can do, realistically, Gord, I can do more for this series away from the track than I can do at the track. My job as publicist is to generate as much pre-season and pre-race publicity in most mainstream media and online as I can and actually help to build up excitement for these events, hoping that more folks will come and attend them live. And, and of course, now that we've got this live streaming 
make sure to drive all the attention to the good folks at Connects to Share. And so that's kind of my role, my friend. But, uh, yeah, I, I do a lot of meet and greet and grip and grin at the track, and <laughs> they tell me I do it reasonably well. Yeah, well, that's great. Yeah, you're doing a great job, Phil. I really appreciate you talking with us today, and uh, hopefully some people will uh, find some information and, and make it out to one of your events. Uh, and, and, I mean, your, your first race next weekend, good luck with that. Um, I you know, hope, hope you have some great weather and some conditions and, uh, and the, re- the rest of the season uh, and uh, also uh, safe, uh, safe racing for all the competitors out there Thank you so much Gord thank you so much for the opportunity to speak with you today about East Coast Snowcross and that's really what we hope for my friend good competitive safe racing we don't want any athletes injured we just want to create a medium for which these folks to come and, and fulfill their need for, for speed and race and put on good shows for our fans. So thank you again, my friend. It's a pleasure to speak with you. I thank uh, your listeners for their interest in East Coast Snowcrops, and we look forward to speaking with you again later on.